sides of the story Two sides of the story Two sides of the story With Tom and Sean Welcome to Two Sides of the Story. That's Tom Sides. And that is Sean Sides. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right, man, but the, today's all about you, so how you doing? Uh, well, it's been a tough couple of days for sure. You know, um, as you know, my mom, stepmom, Doreen, passed away this past Friday. Tough thing, dude. Uh, never been through something like this before, but I wasn't sure. Like, you messaged me and said, you know, we could take a break from the podcast if you want, and I was like, you know, part of this podcast is us getting to know each other better and, you know sharing with people out there as well and whether it be good times or bad times or tough times you know what I mean it's um, one of those things like you know you reaching out during this time period has been amazing thank you you know what I mean it's you made that post on Instagram about dreams GoFundMe and stuff like that and it's just it's warmed my heart in a lot of ways too you know knowing that I got a cousin out there and it's thank you (laughs) you're welcome man Uh, One of the first things I wanted to say is like, I really appreciate everyone reaching out during this time. Um, Like the love and support has made it a lot easier to go through because, you know, knowing that people care, you forget sometimes, I guess, as life carries on, but it's, it's been really cool. Like to have that, you know, Allison and I don't want to name names actually, because there's been so many people reaching out. I might forget and I don't want (laughs) to forget anyone, but it's been like, you know, to phrase where you're living these days it's like a lighthouse in the dark you know Mm. kind of pointing out showing me a direction to go and it's appreciated like i don't know you don't expect um what comes in these situations when you lose someone and fuck does it suck but at the same time you know like doreen uh a bunch of people were trying to make it to the hospital like i want to say this the sturgeon hospital in st albert amazing people like the nurses there, the staff there, like basically because of COVID restrictions, they were only allowing one family member in and then they changed it to two. And when my dad had talked to them and told them how big the family is, they said, okay, well, we want everyone to have the opportunity to be able to come and say goodbye. And so they let everyone come, like all the siblings that could make it, all of the grandchildren that could make it, a few great grandchildren came as well. And um, dream was cognitive during that time period. So everybody got to say goodbye. The people that couldn't make it, I had the thought in my head. It gave me something to focus on. I FaceTimed all of them so that they all had a chance to say goodbye to. And like Dreen was listening and smiling and like she was having a hard time talking, but she was smiling as all the messages came in and seeing that, like (laughs) she held on until Matthew and Melissa came up from Red Deer or Pinocchio, sorry. And they were able to say their goodbyes in person and, she held on like till everybody came and then she went very peacefully. So you couldn't ask for like a better way to go. You know what I mean? Surrounded by love and joy and all that kind of stuff. Like she got her family, her legacy, got to see her off to the next, whatever is next. You know what I mean? So it was pretty cool. Um, But anyways, that's a little sad. I want to tell maybe a few stories along the way as we ride so that it's not all sad because she's a hell of a woman and lived a hell of a life and has a hell of a legacy. So, um, it was, I was 16 when my dad and her first got together and 
she like I was nervous you know what I mean you're you're meeting someone new you don't know what to expect and she was not shy to be who she was <laughs> and you know no bullshit attitude as you know and oh yeah she's a good fire yeah sometimes things just flew out of her mouth you're like three <laughs> she used to say that to me too sean or my boy she always called all of us her boy or her girl my boy my girl it was every grandkid every son daughters heard that a million times but anyways um yeah so i was a teenager we formed a bomb pretty quickly i guess like suzanne kind of shared a nice memory her oldest daughter that her brother ricky passed away when he was 16 so in a lot of ways her coming into my life helped her heal from the loss of her brother a little bit because she had a you know a wild 16 year old to wrangle in <laughs> um I remember like when I was just after I turned 18 in the mornings I was like upgrading my high school and she would watch Stargate every morning and I would sit with her and watch it and that turned into us you want to smoke a joint like yeah sure so we'd fire up a joint watch stargate together and then i'd take off to school i didn't like the stargate show i was loyal to the movie forever till there was like eight or nine seasons of stargate and then her those morning sessions got me locked into it where i was like i can't watch that like it's funny uh doreen like had ms she suffered with ms for since the 1980s and she found that pot helped her legs. She was mm -hmm. able to be mobile. She was able to use it as like medical before it was okay to be medical weed. Mm -hmm. And so um, I learned this way of smoking where you um, sit underneath blankets. It's called a parachute. It's like a hot box, but you can do it in your living room. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so I, I had done this with some friends and I came home and was like, Oh yeah, we smoked a parachute. And Doreen of course was like parachute. What the hell is that? And so I told her and she's like, Ooh, that sounds like fun. <laughs> and so like a her, giant fire hazard. It could be. Well, it was pretty funny though. So me and her climb underneath these blankets and smoke, we're smoking a joint and joints almost done. And all of a sudden the doorbell rings. So we're like, what the fuck is that? So we get out from the, out from under the blanket, huge puff of clouds. Well, it's two police officers. And this was, of course, during the time period where it was illegal. <laughs> and so he like, holy fuck, we won't have that moment of anxiety. Like, oh, my God, the fucking police are here. So she kind of gathers herself together and goes like, hello, officers, how can I help you? And they were like in the neighborhood looking for something else, had nothing to do with us. So they buzzed off. But <laughs> it was one of those funny moments where you're just like, worst case scenario. Oh, shit. What are we going to do? <laughs> That's fucking funny. I don't know if you had the opportunity, like Doreen's cookies and baking was famous far and wide. I don't know. Oh, yeah. She had the best carrot cake I've ever had in my entire life. And like, I know that doesn't say much because I don't like carrot cake, but that woman's carrot cake was goddamn delightful. It was the only one I could tolerate. <laughs> she had such <clears throat> a funny time with me because she knew that I didn't like cake, as we've talked about on many podcasts. So she would try all these different recipes and I would have to try it. Like have a try, Sean. And you know, the carrot cake, it was like, yeah, I can eat this. That's pretty fucking good cake. Yeah. It's one of my few exceptions that I make when it comes to cake, but um, yeah, she was a hell, hell of a baker. It was funny. Like 
I've told you a little bit about the stomach troubles I've had in my life. And, you know, it was a hard thing for her to watch me go through because she took on the role of a parent to me mm. and she would try fucking everything, like every kind of soup that you can imagine when I couldn't like eat and process food. She always made it. Even if it was just a broth, she'd make her and my dad this dinner and then make me my own soup to go with it or whatever, stuff like that. Like at the time, you know, you don't, like, I, I just, I guess I'm eternally grateful for those kind of things. Like, I didn't know what a mom was before I met Doreen. I had a mom when I was a kid, young, and then that she fell out of my life. And, you know, I hadn't realized the gap that's there when you don't have a mom. You know what I mean? And it was powerful that she was able to, like, show me that. I'm grateful for that. You know what I mean? It was tough as a kid and looking back now I'm like holy fuck like she was my mom you know she I never wanted to call her mom and it used to bother her probably by the time I was 18 19 she was like Sean like you can call me mom and I was like Doreen like I can't you know it was because mom to me was like a point of pain or a point of you know not I didn't want to color her with by calling her that when I had the view of my mom in my head that wasn't a good one and so it took me a long time, probably like up to almost two years ago, where I would actually like say the word mom and mean her because she healed all that pain and showed me all that love for all those years. I was like, she earned it, you know, and it wasn't like a needed to be earned kind of thing. It was just something that um, I was ready for. I was he had healed enough to be able to say like and mean it and for it to come from a place of love. It's tough. It was tough, like to come to that, but she was always patient and, you know, it made her happy. I never have to doubt if she was proud of me, if she loved me, like those kind of things. Some people don't remind their kids of those things and they question it, but I never, ever have to question that kind of thing. And it's pretty amazing. Um, you and me talked like about Christmas time and it's hard now. I feel guilty in some ways for some of my other siblings that couldn't make it to town because the rest of us are like, oh, this last Christmas, it was so amazing. And you know what I mean? Like it was her last Christmas, you know, and I think she knew that like my dad's talked to me about it. And like Doreen had COPD. She had um, MS she was dealing with for years. The last like around October, she was starting to really struggle with it. And, you know, she was trying to hold on because she wanted to go through Christmas and, you know, it was, you don't see everyone's day in day out, you know, and it's when you're waking up every day and you're going through a lot, it's hard. And she held on and, you know, made it through Christmas time for us. And I think at times in my head, I'm like, you know, she was really fighting. And I remember like at Christmas time, she was not letting anybody in the kitchen to help you know, and this is just like a month, less than a month ago, she was like, fuck that. This is my Christmas. I'm fucking taking the reins for this. And Crystal forced her way in at the end and was like, I am helping go and sit down. <laughs> and Doreen was okay with that. But, you know, there's things like that that I'm holding on to right now because it was just like one of those perfect memories of the dinner and the food. And she, her gravy is just to die for like, when we were at the hospital, like um, visiting her there, I said, you know, like, damn you for making that gravy so goddamn good. Like, I'm going to be dreaming of that for the rest of my fucking life. And she had a way with 
like her being a cook she had a way with that kind of thing where you're like when you hit it out of the park if i hit something out of the park or you hit something out of the park, we're like that's pretty good when a chef or a cook hits something out of the park it's like holy fuck next level yeah. <laughs> and <clears throat> yeah it's been hard navigating this situation you know you've lost a parent tom like i know i'm probably just saying a lot of things that you went through and felt you know and it sucks yeah uh, no, it's hard to put what someone meant to you in the words, right? Yeah, for sure. And that's like, you know, if siblings or anyone's listening to this podcast, it's not what I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to put it into words or one podcast or anything like that, but it's just sharing the stories is, you know, helping us all. It's healing us all a little bit too. Like, you know, it's crazy. The, like I said earlier, the beginning, you know, all the support it means the world. Like my work sent over a, package of baked goods yesterday and you know i had to message them i was thinking of returning to work on wednesday and was like you know i think i'll be okay and then i messaged them tuesday night and was like look and my boss was very gracious and was like sean like i assumed you would take the week off <laughs> and so i didn't have that pressure on me of like you know you take on a new position and you're like i'm here and then you know you have to leave and it's I did. I don't have any of that stress because of the support from them too, which is really, really appreciated, you know? Yeah. And just everyone like, you know, friends and family reaching out and we started the GoFundMe and, you know, you see people come out of the woodworks that you're like, you, you know, you didn't have to do that, but it's people just care and care about me and care about the family and want to do their thing. And it's crazy and like so supportive and stuff like that. It's, I'm going to be okay. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm shook. I'm still in shock in ways, but with all of that support and like when you lose someone, you know, their physical body isn't here, but they're with you always. I'm yeah. learning, you know what I mean? And I've lost people in the past, <laughs> lost, lost pets and stuff like that. When you're losing your mom, fuck, that's a tough one. <laughs> so it's a weird thing when you get that realization of it's, it's going to be okay. I yeah. had, uh, I remember mine. Well, after my dad died. <clears throat> so throughout the whole process of the funeral and him dying from the moment he died to the, to the funeral, I didn't drink. I, yeah. uh, <clears throat> I stayed off the sauce for, I don't know, it must've been like a week or so. And then when everything was said and done, I still had friends that were in town from the funeral. And I remember we went out to the bar uh, just to like, Funeral's done. The, the, you know, the, what's that, what's that after funeral party? I know that's a weird way of like a wake or, yeah, not the wake. I guess. Anyway, when everything was said and done, yeah. My buddy Josh was in town and his sister was in town and we all went to the bar. And I, I finally thought it was like, okay, this is done. I can kind of process it. Everyone's kind of like telling stories about my dad, all in kind of good spirits. And so I uh, had a beer or two and then a band was playing at the bar. The music was good. My friend Jess started dancing with me. And then like, I don't know, I had this like moment of clarity of just like, things are going to be okay. Yeah, for sure. Like, it was just like, you know, like there was just like a moment of just like, things are bad, but they can still be good. And yeah. it was just like, I remember the moment. It was just, you're around people that you love and let love you back. And you know that, and it's just, you know, yeah, it's like a blanket in ways that yeah. wraps around you and like holds you together. You know what I mean? Like I, 
I go through moments where I'm fine. I go through moments where I'm very not fine, but I know at like the end of the day, like having Crystal here, like holding my hand through it all and stuff like that. Like she's my angel in so many ways. Like it's crazy how strong she's been through all of this to like, mm-hmm. you know, just be there for me and be there for my family to like her family as well. Like, you know, we, my dad's been, <laughs> given a shit because we keep going over there and cooking the meals and finally uh was it tuesday night he's like i am making cans of soup and sandwiches for dinner crystal you do not touch anything i'm doing it i'm going you you guys keep coming here and feeding me and i want to feed you guys you when you come to my house i should be the one feeding you (laughs) and it's just funny like we we had to go like obviously funeral home and back and a couple times and crystal wanted to stay there um, when we first went to the funeral home to cook to have dinner ready kind of thing when we got home and she snuck and like tried to do some cleaning and vacuuming and he came home and had the realization we're sitting there my floors are i was gonna do that crystal <laughs> she's like oh no, no don't worry don't worry like just you know those things those little supported supporting yeah. things it's it's nice <laughs> no i know what you mean for sure um yeah it's funny how these things go in life right yeah no it's you never see it coming and you're never truly ready for it when it's the only thing that's certainty it's death and taxes right yeah exactly and And you never like Doreen went unexpectedly i mean there was a lot of there's some build-up to it but i guess you guys you know it's hard you can't prepare no no that's for sure yeah it was nice though. Like I said, a lot of people made it to the hospital and you know, no one was alone during the time period, which is good. So it's very nice and very appreciated. Um, it's funny too. Like my dad, I was talking in, in the room with him and he was saying like, it was kind of a funny story. Doreen, I, I'm sure I mentioned it to you. Doreen's a quilter. I'm wearing one of her quilts around me right now because it's cold in my basement. And I was like, well, we're doing a podcast tribute to Doreen. So I should probably wear one of her things, but yeah she made blankets like you wouldn't believe beautiful quilts for every grandkid every kid like when a child was born in the family Doreen made them a a baby blanket specifically for them designed for them and Mm -hmm. it was one of the things that she did I have I think at least three I know every other sibling probably has around three there was Christmases where that was what she did she either made every single grandchild and kid a pair of pants or a blanket, like pajama pants. It was just something that she'd work on all freaking year. And my dad brought up a good point. He was like, I've been bugging her for 21 years to make us a quilt. And I still don't have one. <laughs> because she, you know, rushing to get everyone else's man. She's like, oh, fuck, I don't want to make one for my own, for me and Steve. Yeah. We don't need blankets. We have blankets. <clears throat> it was just one of those funny things that... um we all have things like that mm-hmm. still that are pieces of her art that she made for us. And that kind of thing is nice to have too. You know, it's not, you don't need something physical to remember someone, but it doesn't hurt. You know what I mean? If you're having a tough day, go grab one of her blankets and she's there sitting with you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm not like a religious person. I'm a, I don't fucking know person. So it's one of those things that, um, life is life and it's funny that way yeah no i know that feeling like uh you know there's things that roll around on like my dad's birthday will come around and i'll watch 
The Godfather because it's like one of his favorite movies or I'll watch yeah. certain movies that were important to us like Feel the Dreams or something like that and then there were, uh, like when I lived in Edmonton my sister and I used to get together for dinner on his birthday yeah. which you know it was a nice way to just celebrate him and then I think my mom and I did it once when I was living there just like these little things you do just to you know you remember for sure and it's nice like my dad uh he has a lot of good memories with Doreen and, you know, he likes to be physical. So he always go for walks around the lake um, right by where they live. Mm-hmm. It's like one of those lakes that's in set in the city. And he walks around that daily usually, but he said the other day, he usually takes about 45 minutes to do his walk. And he took two hours on the walk. Cause he just wanted to like, you know, take some time for himself. And him and Doreen went around that lake a lot when she got her motorized scooter, she was like, aha, I can come with you now, you know? And, wasn't stuck she, there's no way in hell with her ms she was going to be walking around that lake with my dad but once she got the scooter so one of my dad's like things he wants to do for her memorial is to get a bench um around that piece of lake mm-hmm. which is something they do like they have memorial memorial plaques that you can get so that you know he can have that there which is one of those nice things that we're going to be trying to get done here and so as of right now um obviously covid and permitting um, July 16th in Jussard, Alberta is where they're going to do her memorial, mm-hmm. basically like, you know, a big party in her honor and memorial service in her honor up there. My dad wanted to make it in the summer so that everyone could, you know, safely get there and stuff like that. And that's kind of where she grew up. Like, well, it is where she grew up. Her, uh, daughter, Suzanne still lives up there and it's a nice spot. You know, that's where she wants to be laid to rest. So yeah, going up north um, was always fun. Lots of good memories up there and it'll be nice. Like there's a cemetery dream would always visit with her mom and dad and, you know, they plan on looking into doing something there as well for dreams. So it's nice. Like the way things have unfolded and stuff like that, I have peace in my heart on the whole situation too, because I know that she's at rest. You know what I mean? And my goal, one of my goals you know, moving forward is to ensure that all the family stays in contact. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? All, all it takes is a message, uh, a phone call, you know, and it's uh, something I personally want to do moving forward just to make sure that like the family sticks together, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, my dad, you know, he's been doing great overall given the circumstances, but I just, in her memory, I want to make sure that we never lose distance. And I know that I'm not the only one in feeling this way. You know, it helps all of us together. I've received messages from every single sibling in the last couple of days, many times back and forth, all of us just talking and reminiscing. And it's nice, you know, everyone making sure that I'm okay too, and making sure they knew that I loved that she loved me. And I'm like, guys, like, I thank you so much. I know, you know, I don't, I, I know she loved me and I know that I was her boy and it's nice to feel that way. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's warm. It's when you lose people like fucked, it's tough, but you know, you still have people left, which is good. No, for sure. It's funny how many like people's lives you touch and without even realizing it sometimes, you know, and uh, someone like yourself, you know, going across the country as many times as you have back and you've got this sea of people who care about you and love you. And it's easy to like forget shit like that sometimes, but 
mm-hmm. we all have a lot of people that care about us and it's a nice thing to remember no oh, and it's uh i mean doreen was always so welcoming like with mm-hmm. every like i think it was your dad's 60th birthday yeah uh, that I was at and like that whole thing was nice the the few times I came over for dinner the few times I went over just for an Oilers game you know she was just always so kind and so welcoming and such a spitfire for sure always putting me on the spot and I had to do like research on random things just to make sure I was mentally ready just to go over to your parents place <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry. But, uh, no, I mean, it's a tough loss. Like, I was ta- talking to my mom about, like, she was just very kind. She was, yeah, just, she didn't matter what you where you came from or what you did. She was just like, Welcome to our home. Coffee's on the there's coffee already made, and here's sure. a bunch of baked goods. You're here to gain weight. <laughs> Come on in, pretty much. Yeah. She was a very, like, amazing matriarch to our family in that sense. Like, anybody you know, life happens when you have a family as big as ours, sometimes shit happens and siblings, I, myself, the stomach issues I had, uh, you know, there was never, I always knew I could go back home. If I needed to go stay there, you know, sleep there, it was always welcome doors. Many of the siblings have taken opportunity of that when life strikes them down and, you know, knowing that mom and dad were there to always have our back and, you know, you can't trade that shit for the world. And the same is true. Like, you know, with, um, Kieran and Dwayne, my other friends, Doreen always was like, where's Kieran going for Christmas? Where's Dwayne going for Christmas? Where are they going for Thanksgiving? Where are they going for Easter? She -hmm. was like, okay, if they have somewhere to go, that's good. If they don't have somewhere to go, you make sure their asses are here, you know? And that's how it always was. She was like ready to step in and, make sure everyone was taken care of like Dwayne made it for this past Christmas and you know Doreen took him aside and you know had her time with him because she always made sure she made time for everyone and it's nice for them like Dwayne lost his mom earlier last uh, late last year and you know Doreen loved him like a son too in a lot of ways you know what I mean and he knows that too like tough time for him as well and tough time for Kieran like Kieran came over on the Saturday to come and you know make sure me and crystal were okay he brought us some cookies and some bath a bath bomb each <laughs> and some gummies like just to make sure we were taking care of ourselves through all of it too and it's like you know you the people in your life you just can't trade it for anything you know what i mean it's yeah. amazing that level of support that's been coming through like i appreciate like i said earlier you know everything to tom that you've been doing and it's nice. It's so nice having a cousin cousins, you know what I mean? And what we started here together is also strengthening relationships with other cousins and stuff like that too. And it's just amazing. Like, no, for sure, man. And like, well, I just wanted to let you know, like I had your back through this. So like, no text message here. Like, I know I didn't like call you. I felt it. I felt it, man. Like, you know, I, it was so nice and I had, I had you behind me as well. And I knew that. And I just, thank you. Having gone through it myself, like I also knew like what I wanted then. Like I find these things, it's very bombarding. Like everyone, everyone wants to be nice. Everyone wants to be good. But like, I remember the other day I sent you a picture from Star Trek as a joke. I go, yeah. And I know you're going through a tough time, but this made me laugh. And I think this would make you laugh. 
for sure. And I hope it did. Like, I yeah, just, I enjoyed it. <laughs> I was, it was like, it's just one of those like dumb things of just like, you know, maybe he doesn't need to be asked if he's okay. I kind of yeah. know that he's not. Like, I know that you're not. It's not yeah. a. When I ask how are you, I'm expecting like a real answer. Like, I'm not <laughs> expecting, fine man. Like, no, I'm expecting like a real answer. But, and, and but like, I think you're going to be getting that from a bunch of people. So, what I found was. Oh, I, if I treat Sean the way I would normally treat Sean, he'll know that this is still going to be the safe space he wants it to be. Yeah, for sure. That makes sense. And like, so I went from, I know what happened. I'm here for you to here's a funny Star Trek meme. I hope you, this brings you some kind of joy during this rough time. Yeah. Distractions are always appreciated for sure. And it's like, like you said, everyone wants to, you know, bombard you at times, but you need time to just, live life normally too you know what i mean and to get back into like a normal routine of things and all those kind of little things can help you know what i mean and it's uh you know day by day at this point just figuring out life but i know at the end of the day i am going to be okay and you know everyone's going to be okay the family will carry on and that's how we will do things you know what i mean no 100 percent. i have like a couple questions about doreen if you don't mind yeah of course um so first and foremost was, so you were 16 when her and your dad got together, right? Yeah. How was the introducing you to Doreen phase? Was the, they go on a bunch of dates and then your dad go like, so I've been seeing a lady. Yeah. Well, Doreen. my dad like is the quintessential get excited sometimes about situations. And like at the time he fell in love quick. So they were talking on the phone back and forth. That's how they actually met was through a radio station, had like a call in to find your love for Valentine's Day kind of thing, I think it was. And that my dad was like, horrible. Right yeah, off. my dad was like, you know what? Like, I'm going to try. And he heard Doreen's voice and he was like, wow, she, like she sounds special. And so then they started talking and this was before the time of like good cell phone plans. So they were racking up like hundreds of dollars of bills <laughs> talking back and forth weekly. <laughs> and so she ended up like, I, I, he went up to see her cause she lived up North. She was working uh, in Fort Nelson as a cook, but also living in Juiceart at the time. And so I don't remember the exact like initial meeting. <laughs> not going to lie. I just remember like she, he was like, you know, she's going to come to town. I think maybe we went out for dinner, something like that, just like as a neutral meeting place. And it was easy from the get go. You know what I mean? It was like, oh, like she seems really nice. Like, you know, no, right on. So and then like, when do you feel like the dynamic shift from this is my dad's girlfriend to like, this is my stepmom? Like there was a like they were married, right? Yeah. Yeah. So was it like the wedding that happened or was it just like an emotional feel for you? I think like for me personally, I was cautious for a long time because of having hurt in the past. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it didn't take long. Like I know I was just taught, thinking about this the other day, the first Christmas that we all had together dreams. Most of Doreen's kids came, they rented bunk beds and set them up in our basement for all the grandkids to come. And like, looking back now, it didn't take long for us to feel like a family, you know, they did a good job of integrating our, you know, her fork children and my, my dad's three children. Um, when did it exact like I don't know, like transitioning from stepmom, I think she took on the role really quick and I just hadn't realized it yet. 
you know what I mean? And then looking back, even when I was sick, 18, 19, 20, around those years, like she was a million percent my mom at that point. And I was just too dumb to realize it, I guess, you know what I mean? And then as time carried on, it just, she was such a big part of my life and our lives that I never second guessed that she was going to be there. You know what I mean? It never second guessed that she wasn't there for me. It happened probably when we were living in the house. Um, We had like a moment, I guess, where I don't know how to put it into words exactly, but when we became for sure forever son and mom, you know what I mean? We had like a, a moment, her and my dad were scrapping at the time because let's face it, my dad's very stubborn and Doreen was very stubborn. So when they had their fights, boy, did they have their fights sometimes. They also made up, but when they were in the midst of a fight, Jesus Christ, that was a hard room to walk into. And it was kind of a situation like that. And, you know, in through this, me and Doreen had like almost a fight, you know what I mean? And I, and then it turned into like not a fight and us like hugging and crying together and, you know, I remember that I was probably 18 or 19 when that happened. And I think from that point on, I knew that she was forever, you know, Mm -hmm. and then it kind of led to the rest of our, our relationship. That's awesome. And when she came into your life, your two siblings, they were already out of the house. No. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 It's funny because um, my dad had seen a couple people and by the time I was 13, Josh moved out and so it was just me and my dad against the world for till he met Doreen basically and so it was an interesting like dynamic of me and my dad and then when he found Doreen and brought her into our lives it was like oh wow like Josh Jen I think was living in Toronto at the time and Josh was here in the city and Josh had I can't I think Avery was born already and it was like Doreen immediately was like she's my grandbaby you know and that made josh an easy transition for josh too because she was like oh hi nice to meet you josh okay give me your baby give me Avery. she's <laughs> mine now you know and made like a I mean, out of context that sounds kind of weird like a woman you haven't met yet now give me your child um yeah. no stranger danger <laughs> i'm sure it didn't evolve exactly like that but that's pretty much how it went down in the history of things like you know and then i remember ethan one time my nephew ethan uh, josh's son he would always walk up to grandma and say, grandma, meet. Because his English wasn't right there yet, but he knew that's grandma and he knew grandma makes really good food. So he'd just walk up to her and say, grandma, meet. And so this one time, Doreen cut up this roast into cubes and um, baked it very nicely, very flavorful, and put it into a Tupperware container for when Ethan would come over because she wanted to see just how much meat Ethan would eat and how many times he would come back to her and ask her. And it was many, many times. And he, she was just like that boy can eat. He was maybe three years old at the time. And he just grandma meat. And here you go. Two seconds later, grandma meat. (laughs) It's funny. Like a caveman. I love it. Yeah, pretty much. She was all supportive of that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, just like the impact in all the kids' lives and stuff like that. It's, I learned, it's funny when I, I didn't really notice this until I moved into my apartment. And then I realized that at that point, I was like, you know, trying to 
have a nice place, make sure it was well kept after. And in my head, I said, what would Doreen do? You know, and that was like a cool moment for me in time because I realized that that's who I look to for that kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like she, Mm -hmm. her legacy already at that point had been bestowed onto me and I had a lot of the strength in my life from her. Mm -hmm. And I look at like, you know, getting through the stomach sickness that I had, having her there day in, day out, you know, she was not working at the time my dad was. So it was me and her doing our thing. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I said this to you actually, when you lived, uh, with your aunt and uncle there for a bit when you were transitioning before you got your apartment, you know, take advantage. Like when you have those moments as an adult and you're, you know, you're the kid staying with family still in ways, those things you can't trade for the world. You know, those Mm -hmm. times I got to know Doreen so well because we lived together for years through all of this. And it was always kindness when I needed a kick in the ass. She was the first one to volunteer to kick me in the ass when I needed a hug or a shoulder to cry on. She was always there for me, you know, and I didn't know what that was until I met her. So I just, yeah, I, I don't know. It was tough and like tough to hear early in January, the prognosis, you know, that she probably had five months to a year. It was tough, but it also like gave us some time of understanding the magnitude of the situation and to be able to like, you know, say thank you for the things you want to say thank you for and be at peace in certain ways of like having said the things you need to say. And I'm grateful for that. You know, obviously we were hoping for more time and thinking Mm -hmm. the doctors can be wrong. Maybe she can pull through, but it was just, she didn't have to suffer. She didn't go through a long period in the hospital. It was very quick and but also very loving and peaceful and i'm you know grateful for that it's tough i mean going out in a bed surrounded by all your loved ones isn't that bad of a way to go you know no the thing we'd hope to all be in that situation if we had to go you know and that's i'm happy that it all went down the way that it did and then everybody was able to make it and everyone was able to say their goodbyes and it's not fun, you know, and I, this is a rant I want to do on a side note, like you were talking about earlier when you say to people in grief, like, how you doing? Humans need to fucking work, get together, work out a system on greetings for when shit ain't good. Because yeah. it was like funny as everyone came into the hospital, like, how are you doing? Hi, how's it going? Like, well, not well, like shit. And I, like We all made the observation observation at this point. Like we need a second set of greetings for well in grief because it's, it's the, like uh, my favorite one for that is the uh, hell of a circumstance. Yeah, so there's yeah, that exactly. one. Uh, another person, uh, another one I like was um, it's that it's just that like I know yeah. that you can't visually see, it, but it's no. The, I, th- I think a good it's the, one. the big sigh and head shake. The... Someone brought up a good one is like, have you been being kind to yourself? You know, taking it from that perspective. Yeah. It's like, it's hard though. And you know, you're, you're just human, human instinct. I would literally have the conversation like, Hey, how you doing? And I'm like, Oh fuck. Sorry. I shouldn't have said that. Another person walks in right behind them. Hey, how you doing? I'm like, God damn it. Well, these human instincts, I just can't get away from them. Yeah. No, but the, it's how we talk to one another, but also like, like, as I said before, no one's prepared for grief. No, 
but it's so, like, like something everyone's like, gonna have to go through can't we just like talk and make out a system now oh, of like these are the words you say when you grieve is, is this how <laughs> we're gonna change the world on this podcast it's just this is yeah. what to say when you're going through a tragedy yeah hi i know how it's going yeah all the circumstance yeah <laughs> it's a tough one i thought and i thought of it in light in that sense of like we as a human race need to have a meeting and come up with some. <laughs> I think, but I think that the beautiful part about that is that we're so unprepared for the one thing that we know for certainty. Yeah. And it's that it's, it's that like, it's the fuck. I know he's going through a tough time, but like what I say to him. So, you know, like the main text message you've been getting from me the last week is how are you? Yeah. And it, and it's, I know it's not like, yeah, I know what you're, how you are, but like, I want your perspective. Like, are you having a down day? Are you having an okay day? Like, is it, yeah, is it something you come into peace with? Is it something you can't find the words on? Like, I think that sure. one of the nicest things you can actually ask someone is how they are and mean it. There's like, when you do the whole, like, I'm at work, how you doing? And then you're just like, just say fine. I just, you know, yeah. I don't need to know about your personal life. But like when it comes to shit like this, if I send you a message saying, how are you? Yeah. It is a genuine question of just tell me how you are. Yeah. And then it's a good way for you to vent. Because you can just be like, fuck, man, you caught me on a fucking bad day. And yeah, for sure. Whether you want to talk about it more from there and all that, it's up to you. But or even you go, you know what? I'm kind of at peace right now. I got this going on. I got this. I kind of distracted with work and all that. Yeah, and like, sure. I think you're right. Like when my dad died, I took a week off work. I think a week is the right amount of time. Yeah. That is, it's, it's, it's enough to get everything dealt with. And then it's, and then you still got a few days of processing. Yeah, for sure. I needed then, that too. Like I didn't realize how bad I needed a day too. Like I've been yeah. with my dad 24 seven since it happened. And we took yesterday off and just stayed home. And it was like, chance to breathe i guess you know yeah and then like it's the but then it's the distraction of work that kind of saves you too it's for the, sure the i don't know what to do with my day kind of thing it's the uh okay well i still have this thing i gotta go do so i will go do that and it, you kind of your focus goes to there and it's not yeah you know, on that like that's the beautiful thing about certain jobs like my job at the time i was a furniture mover so like like you know, like, even if I was having a down day, like, I was distracted by how fucking heavy this piece of furniture was. Like, it was just like, are you fuck third floor? Are you shitting me? Like, you know, that kind of stuff of it. But, you know, it, it's that kind of for sure. It's that kind of thing. So I want to also publicly thank the Edmonton Oilers for pulling it together the last two games and getting a couple wins for my dad that was like the six nothing loss uh, it was fucking bad like that was the night he had to take her to the hospital and it was just like we were sitting in anticipation to watch uh the first game that they won with my dad and i was just sitting like my brother said to me outside he's like for fuck sakes can they please fucking play for him tonight and kieran messaged me on the side too it was like will they please fucking play for him tonight and we were all pulling for them that night and they pulled it together i think they had a meeting in the locker room beforehand and <laughs> everyone did the uh 
For Doreen? All right. All right, guys. For Doreen. All right. Yeah, we're, exactly. We're, we're and I was together. like fucking against Calgary, too. So I'm like, man, if we get spanked against Calgary, then I, I don't know if I could fucking do this. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then we go down to nothing. And I'm just like, I just couldn't say anything. I went out for a smoke and intermission and was like, fucking pull it together. And they did pull it together and they squeaked out a win. And the, that was a nice thing, too. That just, you know, my dad, yeah. the eternal Oilers fan, it was just an extra a little like nice win you know when we won that game it was like sweet <laughs> yeah and like I, I think you're gonna see like a lot more people kind of like step up for your dad too like again it's a thing like i said like i i haven't called him yet i've done all my messaging and all that stuff kind of you've been my um voice yeah like i've been i talk to you all the time anyway so i was for just sure. letting you be my like, i said i did like you know, reach out to your brother and sister through the cousin group chat that we have and yeah. all that. But um man, when know. I saw like your Instagram post, I'm not gonna lie, I just bawled because I didn't know what to like if I should was gonna say anything on the podcast or include the podcast. And I was like, you know, we started the GoFundMe and I was like, I didn't I just felt awkward about it. And you were like, you know, super kind. You reached out to me and was like, hey, can I share this? And I was like, fuck man, like thank you, of course. And then you made that video and I like I cried, man. I, I was like, fuck, just the support. And that's what's like so like my heart is broken in ways, but it's so warm too from all the love, you know. And it's just yeah. I can't thank you enough. And everybody that's been reaching out, like, thank you. You know, it's yeah. toughest fucking time of my life in ways, but also like some of the most heartwarming days that I've ever had too. Yeah, you know? like I mean, it's not like I'm down the road from it. Like my like I can't go give you a big hug and stuff. Yeah. Like, you have though i felt it tom (laughs) (laughs) i'm at the other end of the country so like whatever like little weight i can take off your plate just let me know man it's yeah of course uh, that's all that's all it is it's just no i can check in as often as you need and also all this stuff but you know we also have this dynamic that is the podcast and yeah whether you were up to it or not like this is always going to be like our thing like i was uh, like we got an email this week from Uncle John <laughs> saying, given the circumstances, if Sean does not, but the show must go on, I'm here. And I think that would have been an amazing podcast, to be honest, just me and John <laughs> just shooting the shit. But, like, again, this is our thing. And I wouldn't have done a thing like that without no. giving you a heads up first off. But, again. When you I'm, messaged me and said, like, that, you know, hey, we can take a break from this if you need some time. I was like, honestly, like it is therapy we've talked about that at times just talking about it and like i want to share this moment with you too and you know you're my family as well and the listeners out there you know some of them want to know too and like you know people that are hurting right now missing doreen this mm-hmm. might be something like hearing me shoot the shit about her for a little bit is probably pretty funny you know and yeah. bring yeah. some light to it all which is nice to have this like platform to be able to like you know, say how I feel. And, you know, I, I don't know what I'm saying. I'm sure I've talked in circles a lot of this podcast, but it's hard to like put to words, you know what I mean? And that's what the last bunch of days have been is just like going around yeah. in circles, like coming back yeah. to things and, you know. And, and our timing was pretty good. Like, I mean, we had the, we did record one like two weeks ago. Yeah. And then like we had one in the bank. And then when everything hit the fan, I was like, all right, well, we got this one to put out there. So put this out there, Sean. You don't worry about a thing. You just do yeah. your family stuff. And then, but fuck, man, like it, there's nothing like two weeks ago, you you talked on the podcast about how she had like five months to a year. Yeah. 
and then two weeks not even a week later here we are like it's yeah it, it, it's it's crushing but uh, but if i think about the alternative like would she have suffered otherwise or exactly something? you know and that's what we're looking at too is it of ways to go it was a very peaceful loving yeah. way to go and yeah. like the man the staff like the, the one nurse who was there helping her most of the time i um i think her name was maya my sister said it. but anyways she came out and like was talking to me and my sister and just said like guys like this is the hardest time of your lives and i completely understand she's like this is hard for you know she, she was crying too because she said like during covid a lot of family wasn't able to come and be there with their loved ones you know and this it was healing for her in a way too she said because seeing that everyone was able to be around and come in and not something that they've seen lately like fuck i said to her and the other nurse like you guys are fucking heroes like you don't get enough credit for the things you do the nurses like i just I, there's no words for people like that that can take on that kind of thing and do it day in day out it's like holy shit like you're strong you know and very very grateful for the staff at that hospital and pretty pretty grateful it's my dad uh Doreen's been seeing the same doctor Dr. Wong since the 80s and yeah. he phoned my dad and talked to him too and like reminisced and he's just he was always a family. My dad always joked because Doreen would have a doctor's appointment and they'd go to see Dr. Wong and um, Doreen, he, the nurse would come out and be like, uh, your husband's here. Right. And my dad's like, yeah, I'm here. And he's like, okay, uh, Dr. Wong would like to speak to you first before Doreen comes in. So my dad would go in and Dr. Wong was like, so did you watch the game last night? <laughs> he used to piss Doreen right off. He wants to talk to you more than he does to talk to me. <laughs> you know, just a little like extensions of the family like that are pretty funny yeah. you know people no, that have known Doreen and been in her life forever and it's uh she gave me the strength to carry on with life you know and I know that I'm going to be okay and I know my dad's going to be okay we're all going to look out for him and make sure he's eating and fatten him up and stuff like that you know yeah. and that's the biggest he, worry that I have moving forward you know is he going back to work he wants to but he wants to have everything done, everything settled before he goes back to work so that he can just focus on work and not be like, oh, I need to do this. I need to do that. So mm -hmm. he's going to be going back shortly here to work. But I told him that just like he was talking to me today and he's like, you know, I might try to go back to work tomorrow. I know everything's not. I'm like, dad, take the fucking week off. I'm taking it off. Just take it off. Like you don't, you're fine. You know, I get it. He wants the thing about being a carpenter is that if you say say you're a waiter and you're having a bad day and you walk in and you're slamming shit around you're pissed off that's not okay when you're a carpenter you can take your hammer or your axe out of your tool belt and just fucking smash on something and people are like oh he's working hard today <laughs> it's a different dynamic <laughs> so part of him i think wants to get back to it just so he can hit something really hard and mean it and yeah. I totally understand that, but you know, you want your focus to be on work with what we do. You can hurt yourself if you're not fucking paying attention or if you're yeah. distracted and he knows that too. So he's like, I want to be focused on work when I go back to work. So yeah, you gotta be self-aware. Yeah, exactly. But no, it's just, you know, taking it day by day. My dad has good outlets like him playing guitar and um, the instruments that he practices. And, you know, he has, he has an outlet 
for emotion, which he's been using for a long time, which is really good and healthy. And then, you know, he's got bones, the cat with him, mm-hmm. which is really nice too. And, you know, he's not alone at his house and, you know, being in his home, he was like, you know, you don't know how you're going to feel going back home after something like that. But he was like, everywhere I look is my wife, everywhere I look is her, you know, and I, he needs that right now too, which is good, you know, and yeah. he's like, I am not a fucking decorator. Doreen made this place my home and our home. And that's how I want it to stay and how I want it to be. And, you know, it makes sense. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, I know that Roddy spoke, spoke to him. How has anyone visited or. Yeah. Well, the, the brothers have all been reaching out. Everyone who's been, who's local has been able to come over and spend some time. Um, obviously the families spread from uh, New Brunswick all the way to mm-hmm. Vancouver. So it's kind of, you know, yeah. people are making it in when they can. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking everyone will be able to make it in July for the um, remembrance or the um, celebration of life too, which is nice. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just uh, and like I said, all his brothers have been reaching out to him, if not daily, every couple of days, you know, talking with him and chatting with him and the grandkids have been calling him. And every single time I talk to him, which seems like every couple hours, if I'm not with him, he's like, oh, such and such called me or such and such called. And, you know, it's it's helping. It's helping for sure. Right on. Well, I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. But honestly, Thomas, I think. I've said everything I can say right now. So I think we might uh, call it an episode if you're okay with that. Oh, by all means, my man. Like, again, like, this was like a, a Sean episode. Like, I know you needed it. Get some stuff yeah, like, out there. Sure. And Thanks to everyone who's been reaching out and like everyone who will, takes the time to listen and, you know, appreciate it. I will say I gotten some messages on like my side of things. Yeah. Um, you know, we had Josh on last week. He reached out to me. He sent their condolences. Uh, Addy reached out, sent his nice. condolences. A few people have reached out, like to my personal, like yeah. my phone number and whatnot, just to For sure. send you their love and all that stuff. So, like, there are listeners that feel for you, and yeah, like you know that. Truly- thanks for like giving us the platform to like heal, and for them to you know, thanks for listening. I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, that being said, I guess uh, rest in peace, Doreen. And, yeah. Uh, rest in peace, mom. I don't think that I'll ever have a better slice of carrot cake again, <laughs> but no, she was a tremendous woman and uh, power to you and help the family heals quick. Thanks, so, Thomas. Thanks, everyone. That being said, I'm Tom Sides. This has been One Side of the Story. I'm Sean Sides, and this has been One Side of the Story. Have a great week, everyone. Live long and prosper. Have a great week. Sides of the story. Two sides of the story. With Tom and Sean. Thanks for listening to Two Sides of the Story. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review. Follow us on Instagram at Two Sides of the Story. On TikTok at Two Sides of the Story Pod. And if you want to send us an email, send it to two sides of the story pod. That's the number two sides of the story pod at gmail.com.